and welcome back to Turf Talk. I am back, sorry for missing last week, though Matt Rennie, I think it's fair to say, did a cracking job. Instead of me putting up a 7-1 to nap winner, get in there Matt, we knew we could trust you. Uh, I'm back though, Ascot and Haydock this weekend, as per to run through it with Big Jim. How are we mate? Fine, um, I'm feeling a bit like I let the side down last week, Matt comes straight in. Uh, from the sidelines and, and banged in that 7-1 to one winner and I had a pretty poor weekend in the hull um, but Christmas is just around the corner uh, Boxing Day juices are flowing uh, and there's a lovely grade one uh, that we saw Paisley Park win last year who's looking to retain his crown which is looking less and less unlikely in each run this season Do I get banned from the podcast for after timing to say I had a nap correct rambler? Yeah, yeah, banned, get out Yep, I thought so I don't you know what the other two I'd have put up. I wrote it down on my phone would have been Carto Rico and So Royal. So two losers there. So I think I'd have broke about even at SP because Corrick Rambler went off about twos. So an absolute waste of time me even saying that. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it's not as much of a waste of time this weekend though. Most of the action, as Jim said, comes at Ascot. They open the card with a novice handicap hurdle, class four at twelve forty. Anything Interesting to say about this, Jim Young Butler Fav for Emma Lavelle. Yeah, nothing original. Like you said, Young Butler heads the field, and I think will be the horse that'll take all the beating. Opening mark of one two one is more than fair. Uh, the step up to three miles, I think, will certainly suit. Uh, I think he's going to be one of my best bets for the weekend, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing him out again. They, they went a furious tempo last time at Chepstow. Um, and he didn't necessarily jump very well throughout. He never travelled with much conviction. But as soon as you could see the leaders were slowing down in front, uh, he picked them off comfortably in the end and uh, stayed on really strongly over two mile three at Chepstow. Obviously, a long galloping straight. Um, a step up to three miles here. I think I'll see him certainly for more. Um, he had a nice maiden hurdle early on in the season behind Stage Star, who the Nichols team think a lot of and has won that a nice Newbury novice hurdle since. Um, so he's got good pieces and bits and pieces in behind um, step up in trip I think will suit still in a class 4 carrying one pound overweight um, it will be it'll be a big feat but I think at 11 to 2 is a horse that I think he's a fair enough price and I think he's got a fair enough ability and, uh, and I think he'll go very close here Yeah I can't really disagree with that Jim I think he's got a a cracking chance of winning that novice handicap hurdle. The graduation chase at 1.15. This is a very, very interesting little race, mate. I'm looking forward to this. It's a load of horses who I want to put together in any circumstances having to go at each other over two and, well, two, five, two and a half miles. Pencil full of lead, seven to four, fab to beat Mazia de Zilbo, who I thought had been retired. So I'm glad to see him back out. Long press is four to one. Fives, black op. 15 to 2, expatriate, 16 to 1, Legends Ride, and 28 to 1, Danny Wiesbang. Uh, Jim, where are you looking here? And don't say Danny Wiesbang. <laughs> like you said, this is a fascinating sort of race. The two Irish horses are the ones of interest for me Pencil Full of Lead and Expatriate. But Pencil Full of Lead last year um, certainly improved for going over fences, uh, improved for going up in trips to three miles. Uh, and we and I thought he ran a very nice race in that Grade Three behind Eclat Dureva and Escaria Ten, who are ex- certainly no mugs uh, in in tom, top company. Um, he also bumped into Cole Reevy in the Grade One at Limerick, 
Um, obviously, Cole Reeve went on to on a bit of a winning spree, winning at the Cheltenham Festival in the in the Mayor's uh, Chase for the first time, and beat Monkfish and Envoy Allen in, in what was billed the race of the century. Um, so bits and pieces of form for pencil full of lead um, certainly warrant his chance here. Seven to four is a little bit on the short side for me, so I'll probably be looking elsewhere. But it's interesting, John Joe O'Neill's getting the leg over uh, Rob Core riders this season. Um, be, be interesting to see the Rob Core coming over to Britain a lot more. That he's getting the rides we saw in Ride Chris's Dream. Well, a gust of air pushed him off at, 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 on the beach of the other week. So. Um, be interesting to see if he'll keep the rides when uh, they come over uh, in March time. So, Pencil for Lead is probably the best horse in this race, but over two mile five, I think he might be found out first time out. Um, I know he won first time out over fences last year, um, but I just feel like two mile five around Ascot could be a little bit sharp for him. Uh, I think three miles in time later on in the season will be the main aim. But Expatriate's a horse I've got a lot of time for, him, and um, we saw him run the other month at Down Royal over hurdles. Sort of a comeback run after being off at uh, last seen in early January um, in the Thaistes, which a race that I didn't think would suit him. I thought never really had him down as a three-miler, um, but he was he's tried over a, a Grand National trial, and he, he didn't run awfully that bad, just 10 lengths behind total recall. Um, he ran a cracker in the Paddy Power uh, on New Year's Day behind Old Grangewood, just beaten a few lengths in the end and his jumping just fell apart a little bit but I think Expatriate's got a big race in him and something like this I think gives him a good chance um, he's not a horse that has necessarily won an awful lot but he also always runs eye-catching races in decent races um, his jumping is a little bit questionable but uh, I'm sure that will be brushed up a little bit at home and Derek O'Connor comes over to take the ride I think 15-2 to two is, is a bit of value for me in this race I can see that, mate. It is a tricky little one, isn't it? Because you've got, you know, the two market leaders are having their first starts of the season. Like you said, I'd agree that pencil full of lead probably isn't quite at his best over two and a half miles. I think he's a more effective horse over three. I don't think it's massive difference, though. Uh, Lone Press, who's coming, you know, next in the market, is coming out of winning a Class 3 handicap at Exeter. And then, what, Black Op? Really? You know, he got battered in a veterans chase last time. Surely something will be able to progress past him. I like what you've said about Expatriate, and I don't fundamentally disagree with any of it. I'd be disappointed if Pencil Fallout couldn't do this, though. Yeah, I, I could understand why you, why you say that, because he is the best horse on paper. He is, and he gave Cole Reavy the right race last season. You know... I don't. I don't think. You know, obviously, Cole Reeve's mistake let him back in, but they were well clear of Janadil, who ran a who ran a cracker in the John Durkin and was a Grade One winner himself last season. I don't think we actually saw Pencil Full of Lead at his best when Ekladaria beat him last time uh, on his final start last season at Nace. I think this looks like a good starting point for him. I can't find. It's one of them where I can't find anything. Obviously solid enough to take him on with. So I'll probably go for the horse who I think is the best horse in the race. I don't think 7-4 to four is an abysmal price either. It's a little bit short for me. Pe- do you, do you what? It's a little bit short for me. What would you price him up at? What would you back him at then? 
five to two. Will you lay me five to two? No. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. would be a daft thing to do. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. If it, if he goes five to two, I will back pencil full of lead. Yeah, no, it makes sense, mate. I agree. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I just think he might have enough to beat. If 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 we knew he was returning in peak form, you know, he'd be close to five to four. Yeah, I'd say so. But he's not. No, no. Interesting little race, though. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, word on Danny Wisbang, Jim? Um, I am. I ain't pointing him up anymore, and I am making a case for him as all. Um, I'm so, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, I, I won't go in on him this time. I felt when I was listening back to what I said about him last time, I thought, Christ, I don't actually dislike the horse. It made it sound like I was talking about him like he was my mortal enemy before the Hennessy. <laughs> I hope Milton Harris isn't listening because he's done a tremendous job with the horses he got last season, uh, this season. Um, and I hope he, he can work wonders with him in the end. No, he'll never win another race in his life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 150 is a Howden handicap chase. Uh, Palmer's Hilly 7-2-5 to win for John Joe and John Joe. Sixes, Knight in Dubai and Guy. Sevens, Financier. Eights, Diego de Charmy and Sully Doc. Twelves, Ziguli. Fourteens, Dolos. Sixteen to one, bar them. Uh, my two points for this race, before I, before I saw the prices, first of all, when I saw the entries, I thought there are only about seven two-mile handicap chases, aren't there? <laughs> Editor the gate. Ferrero Bamboo. Grey Diamond, Sully Dock, Diego de Charmil, Dolos, and uh, Before Midnight. No one else <laughs> exists. It's non-existent, isn't it? And then I looked at the market and I thought, eh, who, who are this lot? What are you doing in a two-mile handicap chase round Ascot? <laughs> Horrible stuff. Uh, I, I, I half like one in here, Jim. Go on, make your case, because it's not a race I'm awfully enthusiastic about. I think Night in Dubai might be good enough to win this. Really? Yeah, I do. Go on. I liked him as a novice chaser. I thought he was going the right way. Uh, what, it'll be two seasons ago now. One. One at Donny beat Ballymoy, who was no muggers at Hurdler, beat Scahalli and Munro at, at Doncaster. You know, two good performances there. Sam Brown lumped him a bit in the in the alt car, but I still thought that was a fair enough performance. I thought he was going well. Well, he went early, but he wasn't out of <laughs> his depth in the uh, to Cheltenham Festival. He didn't so he, I don't think you could have looked at that and said, well, that horse is clearly getting battered when he went at the third. Uh, but you know, I think I actually backed him each way for the uh, the last novice handicap. I'm obviously unseated in it. I just thought he looked like a horse who needed a run at Aintree on his return. Admittedly, he needed to step forward from that, but 136, I'm convinced he's better than a 136 horse. He was before his injury. And at 6 to 1, 
I'd be willing to take the chance, mate. Fair enough. I like it. Hopefully he doesn't kick for us that soon. Um, but who knows? It, it's not a race I'm awfully enthusiastic about. I am a fan of financier, though, um, for Kerry Lee. I, I think two mile two might be a little bit too far for him. They tried him over two five and he it just wasn't his sort of bag. I know it was, um, he's beaten a fair amount in the end by some nice horses. Um, but I think he's more of a two miler and a lot of that shows in his form. So it'd be interesting to see how he comes out here first time up. He, he was very impressive on, uh, on his last start last season, uh, beating Hollywood, the Hollywoodian, um, round Hereford comfortably. Um, didn't necessarily jump that well that day, but he seems to have plenty of ha- in hand up eight pounds for this season. It could be a bit of a task, but, um, I think drop a few pounds for this performance here over two furlongs, probably more than what he wants. Uh, and I think he'll be one for the tracker. It's not a race I'm probably going to have a bet in, but, um, I'll, I'll keep my eye out on finance here. That's all fair, mate. Solid off, slightly edging back down the weights as well. Still, £10 taking into account the allowance Simon Torrance had at him when he won at Punchestown. But he's still steadily edging back down the weights, and I wouldn't be too surprised to see whether he bounces back to near best at 8-1 to one as well. I kind of think 2-2 two, two is the perfect trip for him. Good little race, though. I'm, I, I, I like Night in Dubai. I think he'll go well. Uh, the 225, the Howden Long Walk Hurdle. Very interesting race, this. A very, very strong renewal as well this season, it must be said, uh, for what's a little bit of a murky division at the minute. But they currently bet Buzz 2 to 1 to beat Time Hill 11 to 4, Ronald Pump 6 to 1, Champ 15 to 2, 10s Paisley Park and Thomas Darby, 20s on the blind side, 33 to 1, Liz Nagaroska, and 40 to 1, Third Wind. I have two angles here, mate. Go on, make your case, because it is a fascinating race, and I'd like to see hear someone else's output on it first. Angle number one. Is Ronald Pump still underrated? Yes. Go on. Carry Do on. not possess? And look, not being... Not wanting to go over the top, because I, I feel like I might be a bit in danger here, because I feel like other people underrate Ronald Pump, that I might overcompensate, Yeah, if you know what I mean. But he gave Honeysuckle as big a scare as she's had in a long time last, last, uh, last season. Ran a fine race in the Hatton's Grace, beating Abercadabra, and he's better over three miles and two. I'd say. His form ties in well with the 1-2 from the state, uh, from the Stayers Hurdle last season. Now, Saida Burley was runner-up in the Stayers Hurdle. Ronald Pump was giving him a right race in the Liz Mullen. He's got an overall body of form that's very, very strong in, in staying Hurdles. He's generally consistent. I'd, I'd, I think Sixers underestimates him. I don't think he's got enough credit for what he's actually done because he hasn't really, well, he hasn't won a race. He just doesn't win graded races, does he? But he he turns up, and uh, this is a division where, you know, it does have the look of them all beating each other. He's not a standout. And if Ronald Pump can run to his official ratings 157, I think that might be... I say I think that underrates him a little bit. If he can run to 160, it might be enough. And I think he's likely enough to run his race. He usually does. 
if if you'd have looked at the if you took honeysuckle out of the equation and just look at the bare form that he'd beat the entry hurdle winner for odd lengths in the Hatton's Grace, would he be fav? Probably, yeah. None of these are getting near. None of these are getting near honeysuckle. So, I think it's a it's an each way bet to nothing. It's scumbaggy as well at six to one, but I backed him. If you think Ronald Pump's underrated, I think Buzzy's overrated. Uh, speechless? No, not speechless, because I understand what you mean. I feel like he's spoken about in the terms of a horse who has already done it when I don't think he has yet. But I can see, I can see him doing it. Now, people are going to take that coral hurdle form, literally. Song for someone. Guard your dreams, second and third. They both were first and second in the international last weekend over two miles. And I can understand and see why he deserves to have his place at the market, ahead uh, of the market. Stepping up to the three three miles for the first time over hurdles. Uh, it's not a division where necessarily you want a classy sort of horse, and, and, and that's a bracket I saw for him in. Uh, that smooth, stylish traveller who uses acceleration to, to speed away. The three miles stay as hurdle division is certainly anything far away from that. Um, has he really been in a scrap with anything that's a proper strong stayer? Song for someone stays on well and, and obviously was a bit, little bit outpaced last weekend, but I don't think Song for someone would have troubled the, the, the leaders here uh, or anything here, if I'm being honest. Um, he won the Cesaro Witch on the flat, which everyone thinks, oh, transfer him over hurdles, he'll be equally as good. But his hurdles form isn't necessarily as good as what. I, I think other people are making out to be fist to soaring glory. Another form of that Betfair hurdle has, has worked out all right and not so sleepy. But over three miles, I think he might just be found out here. And two to one, I think, is an awful price. And I'm, I'm willing to look like an absolute mug here. Um, but I will not be backing Buzz at all. I, I think a nice two mile five uh, will certainly be up his street a little bit more. Two mile four. The entry race, uh, entry hurdle at the, at the end of the season over two four, I think will be perfect for him and I think he'll be found out by strongest days over three mile at Ascot. I, I, I see what you mean completely. I don't know why I just like made a monkey noise in the <laughs> <laughs> But uh, But yeah no do you know what mate I completely I completely understand where you're coming from and I'd I'd be inclined to lean closer to that side of the fence than the Buzz is a superstar side, yet. Yeah. He's progressed very well. I liked how easily he put Song for Someone to bed in the Coral Hurdle last time. But, as you've said, he needs to prove he stays. He needs to prove he can beat horses as good as this lot. This is the best race he's run over hurdles. Yeah. I'd say so. I mean, the second in the entry hurdle on paper last year was good, but how many of the the big names in that were below form? Abacadabras ran his race. No one else did. Yeah, exactly that. Um, it, I, I just think that I I know Time Hill ran poorly last time, but I'm willing to put a line through that. And if you go back on his form, he should be the, the rightful favourite. Yeah, I'd I'd much rather back Time Hill than Buzz. If it were the same price, if we were both twos, I'd rather back Time Hill. Time Hill's always underestimated, though. Do you not think? And and I know, yes, he was disappointing last time, and he he was beating a fair distance. Well, 
all a bit thirty lengths in all. But last season, as solid as you come, and even the season before, as a novice, you look at his runs. He was far to Monkfish, unluckily beaten in in the Albert Bartlett, and then he come out and won first time out and beat Paisley Parker, who at the time was at the peak of his power. He was nabbed on a on a different day in this race last year, um, and on a different day, a different ride, he'd have beat Paisley. If he, but they learnt how to ride him. He then went on to Aintree and and was given an outstanding ride by Tom O'Brien. He missed the festival last year. I think because we don't see him as often as other horses, he's slightly underrated. And I, I thought that Aintree performance last year was superb. I think I think he's a lot older than what he is, but he's only seven. He obviously has his issues. Um, but I think he's I think he's got an outstanding chance here. I and mean, I think eleven to four is is a price I'd much rather be backing him at than Buzz at twos. I agree. I agree. I've backed him for the stairs hurdle. And I and think. I understand I agree. I think he's not beating France. I just thought people are gonna Well, you know, there was a little bit of a drift and I thought he'll probably win the long walk next time up. I didn't think the long walk would be this deep. But I thought, you know, after he got beat in France, that was the time to back him because I thought he's still the best staying hurdler around in Britain. You can get eight to one. Time Hill to win the to win the stairs at Cheltenham. Now all of it he hasn't turned up to last year's festival uh, or the year before, but he did the year before. Yeah, he did. Sorry, because it was the Albert Bartlett. Um, but you look at the other horses in and around him, and, and I think this sort of this sort of test suits him. I think they've made the right decision to keep him over hurdles because although he's built he's built like he won't mind a fence, but I think this division he's it's not weak; it's just competitive at the minute. And the fact, I think he is the best day in Erdler, like you said, around. And the fact that you can get a length of far, I think, is a field day. And there's other horses in behind who you've got question marks with. Champ, what's he doing here? Just, just that's the first question. Paisley Park, different tactics to last time. Head gears off, he'll be held up, see what happens. It, has he still got the, the fire in his belly to do it? Thomas Darby, although he won that long distance last time, I still think he's a little bit ungenuine. I don't, I, there's just something about him that I, I just I can't really warm to him anymore. And we mentioned it before. We thought it was just pure greenness uh, when he was a younger horse, but I think it, it's it's carried on. And I just think there's just a little bit of a problem with that. Yeah, on the blind, on the blind side, ran a cracker last time. But uh, when was the last time he won a proper graded race? Uh, he Garros. was my other point, mate. Go on. Should he be double the price of Thomas Darby? On that last run, no, probably not. But, but you, and you, he's, you look, he's, yeah. do you trust on the blind side to run a, to run his race more than Thomas Darby? Yes. Yeah. Is his best form? Well, would his best form put him almost there or thereabouts? I'd also say yes. His second in the Belkiel was a very good run. Finished ahead of Thomas Darby there and gave McFabulous a race. You know, beat, beat Mrs Milner in a handicap at Cheltenham, giving her absolute lumps last season. He's, he, he, he's a horse who I've done com- a complete 180 on because I didn't like him at all when he was younger. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm quite a big on the blind side fan now. I've got to admit, I, you know, I had him down as a, as a bottle job who couldn't jump. And now I've, I, I think the exact opposite about him. I think he's a very straightforward, professional, likeable racehorse who's grown up... Uh, he just kind of looked the wrong price to me at 20 to 1. With the flat eight runners, I don't think 
I'd rather back him at 20s than Paisley Park at 10s. I think it's easier to see on the blind side running his race than it is to see Paisley Park running his race. Yeah. You know, you've, you've said you have doubts about Buzz staying. Thomas Darby, toss a coin whether he fancies it or not. You know, Time Hill, as much as we, we like him and we rate him, he does have a little bit of a, a poor run to put behind him. I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility that several of these underperform. And that makes on the blind side an interesting each way bet at 20 to 1 for me. And I might, I, I've not backed him yet, but I might do. That's an interesting point you've made and, and a, a good one in that. And I, I could sort of see that happening as well. You know, I'd, look, I don't think he'll win. I think that there should be something on the day that's better than on the blind side. But I say, well, it's not even a fight runners, there's nine of them. With that, you go, he's, would you take four to one about on the blind side finishing in the top three? I'd say possibly four or five to one, depending on what terms you're getting. I don't know. I think I think there might be sillier twenty shots every day. I re- I'm really excited for this race. We've, let's talk about Champ for a bit, Jim, just because we've not really gone into much detail about him yet. <sighs> I mean, does it just smack a desperation a bit that is here? Well, it's like Nicky saying there's 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 no races for him. There's a King George in a Savile chase. Like he can't. I, I said on Twitter the other day, I, I quite like the fact that he's Nicky shithousery of not running horses. But sometimes it makes you think, like, why why is he doing it? Um, it's almost like they're trying to wrap him in cotton wool as much, and we'll never actually find out how good he is. Um, Chomp, of course, broke my heart at the Cheltenham Festival, um, and we'll be forever known for doing that. But he's, he's a right head-scratcher now, because... He could. This could sound ludicrous, but he could just absolutely bolt up, couldn't he? And, and then what does that do to his chances uh, further on in the season? Do they keep him over hurdles? Because his jumping is very temperamental. His jumping in the goal cup was one of the worst displays I've ever seen from a horse. <laughs> I, I think I'd have to agree with it. It's he's it, just an odd horse, and he's oddly campaigned. He is on the campaign, so I thought he ran so well in the game spirit. You know, I backed him for the Gold Cup on the back of his run for the game spirit. Yeah. I thought he was, you know, I've been a big, you know, people know I, I was a big champ fan as a novice chaser. I called him a future Gold Cup winner after he won one at Newbury, which is probably quite bold. Uh, but it, I, I just. If things went to plan, surely he wouldn't be here. Yeah. Against horses who, this is this is the plan. Oh, I don't know. I'll watch him, and he he might just be good enough to womp them all. But I think, is it likely that Champ wins or gets pulled up? Pulled up. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> On simple terms, a, a horse that. I think he's interested in this, and, it, and and he's a big old price. And I had a lot of time for him last season. He's third wind. Um, we saw him running this race last year, where he's fifth, and I don't think he was embarrassed. Um, just outstayed in the in the style of race. And it, and if the race 
sets up as as if needing a turn of pace. I think he'll certainly be involved. Um, I, I I liked him last season. He won the Rendlesham. Um, didn't necessarily fly the last couple of hurdles, but he, he got the job done, beating Lesnagar Roscoe and on the blind side. Um, so <laughs> seasonal reappearance here. Forty to one. I think it's a big old price for a horse to, to bounce back into a Grade One first time out. But we've seen Huey Morrison uh, with Not So Sleepy the other week and winning that Grade One. Um, I, and I certainly won't rule it out here. Another season on his back, a little bit stronger. Um, I, I think that forty to one could be a slight overreaction for a horse that's got a decent bit of form in the book in, in Hull, um, just beat by a well handicapped horse on a roll in the in the. Uh, thick old fixed brush last season and in main fact and I just think he's always slightly overestimated uh, underestimated and at 40s I think he, he won't be without a, without a chance I'm a big third win fan mate but I prefer him in attritional conditions where he, he makes other horses have to battle him and I'm not sure whether even at 40 to 1 whether he'll get the sort of setup he he wants. He's got form on good ground. You know that's not that's not the issue for me. But I think I think a, a slog can be a bit of a leveler sometimes. You know I think he beat horses in the Rendlesham last season with a bit more natural ability to him, and I'm not sure whether these conditions uh, we'll see that come out of him. But look, I'm not going to slate anyone for putting third wind up at forties each way because he's a horse I've got a, a lot of time for. Who's you picking the long walk then, pal? It's going to be Time Hill. Time Hill to win. Um, I just think he's massively underestimated and I'm willing to put a line through that run last time. And, and you look at that and his form's absolutely rock solid. Um, I think he's a very likeable horse and, uh, and it feels like the market doesn't doesn't agree with me. Um, I, I'm going to be back in Time Hill. I'm going to take the 11-4 to 4 now. Uh, and I will have a little dabble on third wind each way. That's fair, mate. Ronald Pump for me. Uh, if you want to be an absolute scumbag, he's an each-way prize as well, if you fancy that. Uh, and I may, I may also back on the blind side each way. That's we both want to be against Buzz. Both against Buzz. Labels. All day long. No, I, that's the thing. I, I wouldn't labels because if he wins... Get by them splinters out your arse and stop sitting on the fence. But I'm not going to be surprised if he wins by ten lengths because he... But he's not... He's the most progressive, upwardly mobile horse in this race, but I'm not sure his form's as strong as some people think it is, and I'm not as convinced he'll stay as other people think he is. I'm really looking forward to this. It's a proper grade one, which isn't something we say very often about staying hurdles. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, at three o'clock, Jim, the Howden Silver Cup Handicap Chase. Uh, Mr Malarkey won this last year, didn't he? He did. So the Trends boys are going to look for some absolute dodgepot. Uh, Bellamida picked on nine to two to beat Gronsonsi at 13 to two. Cloth cap eights, Caribbean boy eights, Jerry's back eights, nines and Sam, tens Regal Encore, elevens check it out, twelves Phoenix way, sixteen to one bar them. Anything of interest in here to you, Jim? Um, I, th- I think the market. <laughs> has spotted Bellamy the Pictons before me. He's on a dropping mark. He was at his peak winning 
well, finishing second behind, um, waiting patiently in the Colin Parker um, in 2017 off a mark of 148. He's down to 135 now, and he was fourth on seasonal reappearance um, behind Snow Leopardess. Of course, the form of that is, is solid. He beat Black Lion that day, who's also won uh, at Haydock. Off a mark of 135. Uh, his record um, of recent times is pitchy, uh, patchy, but in the past, he, he was a rock solid uh, horse before injury. And there's been glimmers of hope that, that Bet Victor Gold Cup, um, I thought that he ran well for a long way after making a, a hell of a lot of errors. Um, but three miles is certainly his bag now. Didn't run awfully that bad last time. And I, you just got to. Uh, approach Venetia Williams' horses in these handicaps with as much caution as possible. And when a horse has dropped from a mark of 148 to 135, all of it with an injury, you've got to be wary. Uh, and I think 9-2, to two, the market's noticed already and um, it's probably where I'll be landing in this. It, it, it's Like you said, it's a, a race that's thrown up a surprise in past years. Um, cloth cap's been running consistently off Big big weights um, after winning the Premier Chase last year and and, uh, and the Hennessy. His mark is slowly dropping. Um, dropped four pounds since since looking to go back to back in in the Hennessy. Um, you can feel like he could pop up in something like this, um, but it, it's not a race I, I'm awfully strong about. Um, however, I think Bellamy de Pictons, although of recent, isn't as Reliable as others, uh, I think that off a off a lowering mark, I, I think he'll he'll go very well. I have two in here. I'm interested in. Go on. Cloth Cap ran a really really good race for a long way in the Ladbrokes Trophy. I felt he's back down to a mark of 150. I think on more than one occasion last season when he won the Ladbrokes Trophy. And when he won at Kelso, he looked like a better horse than 150. I thought he ran as if he was back in form last time out. He might just be able to outclass this lot. Yeah. Eight to one. I'm surprised he's. I'm surprised he's dropped this far in the weights this quickly, and I'm surprised he's as big as eight. Mhm. Also, check it out. It was a good second to Larry. In the London Gold Cup last uh, here in October, over course and distance. Now that was a little bit of a messy race. Everyone was falling left, right, and centre. Uh, you know, I think Larry kind of fell into winning that day. But check, you know, check it out. Finish ahead of Regal Encore, and I thought I thought it was a, a fairly solid performance. I thought he ran well again for a very long way in the beach. I ended up beating sixteen lengths in third. But distances over the national fences are, you know, exaggerated in general, aren't they? You know, and he was still still in there pitching, really, coming round the home turn on the Mellon Road. I thought that was a very a very fair run. He's down a pound for that, off 1-3-2, 11-1. He's run two solid races in handicaps that I think were a little bit more competitive than this last season, uh, so far this season. From a very similar mark, I see no reason why he can't go well again with good course and distance form. That's fair. Uh, they're the two for me, mate, and Bellamy the picked on for you. Uh, yeah, it is for me.
I can't. I always I, whenever I read his name, I always think of calling him Craig Bellamy the Picton. I know that's not what you're meant to do. <laughs> but I probably have to stop myself. Do you reckon? Do you reckon Craig Bellamy knows about him? No, I'd be surprised. Is he on you Twitter? Ask him. Do you want to ask him on Twitter? Yeah, that, that that could be something to do. Why not? Uh, you you can go and amuse yourself with that, Jim. It's somewhat somewhat I'll leave to you there. I think uh, the Betfair Exchange Trophy at three thirty five uh, used to be the Ladbrook Big Handicap Hurdle. No ordinary Joe four to one Fab to beat Samurai at six. The same price West Cork. 10's Goshen, 12's Gary Claremont, one more for the road, and Luttrell Lad. 14's Drop the Anchor and Tritonic, 16 to 1 bar. I find this tricky and I don't like anything, Jim. <laughs> I, won't, I, I, might, I, I might end up having a bet in it, but nothing struck me as being, you know, absolutely gagging to be backed. Anything with a bit of competitive nature and you're out the picture. Um, well, there's a lot of horses in this that I like, and uh, I can make little cases for, for them. They're no ordinary Joe West Cork form from the Great Wood. Um, obviously, the market agrees with me, in fact, saying that this is the strongest form. Um, West Cork is up £7 for that win, and understandably so. Um, he had good novice form and, and, and had a long time off, and to win that first time out, I thought that was really impressive. Um, but up another seven, will the bounce factor of being off for that long, will he bounce back once again, um, is another question. Another competitive race. I was really impressed with Sam Arrive last time out at Sandown uh, in that listed race. He absolutely won the field. Um, and obviously, um, going right-handed suited him. And a bit of dig underfoot also helped him as well, which we, he didn't see at Cheltenham. Um I know he won on good ground early on in his career, but the juice really helped him. He's a, he's a big horse, and uh, getting his toe in, I think, certainly made the difference. And uh, he's up quickly after, uh, out quickly after a, a nice win the other week. And I mean, he's eleven pound high, and you can understand why because he, he's absolutely trounced the field there. Um, Goshen into this race, I, I wasn't all that that badly down on Goshen after that coral. I thought he travelled into the race well. Um, just ran out of stamina late on, and I, I thought Jamie Moore had a fair amount of horse coming coming uh, coming around the bend, and he just sort of emptied fairly quickly after stepping up to them three extra four furlongs. Um, it's like, what do you do with Goshen now? And and obviously pitching him into this handicap, um, which you don't blame him for. And it'll be interesting to see how he runs. Um, at bigger prices, Benson. Uh, a horse who we seem to make a case for every time he runs. Fourth to not so sleepy in this um, in last year. Uh, again, he's four pound lower than than running a cracker in this last year. He's not necessarily been seen to best effect uh, in recent times. We both fancied him to, to beat Samurai at Sandown, and he didn't run disappointingly. But he, he was never really went with much gusto, and he's, he's a, he is a temperamental horse as we saw earlier on, on his career. Um, but down down to a mark of one three three after running off one three seven in in this last year, I, I think he could be slightly competitive again. Um, I keep banging my head, and I'm sure there's a big handicap in him. But uh, I think at 16, he's a bit of value. And also, I'd be willing to give another go to Landinable Lad. Um, it was very very impressive 
in, in his earlier career at Bangor, beating Manella Drama, and, and we know the the um, sort of high, highly rated he is from the Donald McCain stable, and, and he beat Do Your Job in, in a nice Haydock race, Flicker Voyou in there as well. Um, second to my Drogo as as well in in a good race, beating No Ordinary Joe and Soaring Glory at Ascot. But since it's been a bit of a comeback mission, and um, he was he was disappointed at Bangor. I thought I would have, I would have liked to have found a little bit more. No Hunter's Call we saw um, run the other week and, and ran an absolute cracker uh, behind Guard Your Dreams, but just. Just would have liked to see him go a little bit closer. But stepping back down to two miles, um, I don't think will necessarily be a bad thing. I think go forward, he's had a wind surgery. Uh, and I think at 18 to 1, it is a horse I wouldn't lose all faith on. Um, but I respect the, the ones at the top of the market. But my two at bigger prices will be Benson and Landinabo, lad. I'm going to be playing each way this race. and um, it, It's a very competitive race, like you said. But I'm looking to take on the main main three at the head of the market. Yeah, that makes sense, Jim. I mean, I, I find it messy because I don't really get how you have a how anyone can get a strong grasp of the form lines of the first three in the betting as to who's definitely better than each other at these weights. Yeah, that's not an opinion. I'd, I don't I don't think anyone could have one particularly strongly. You know, no ordinary Joe's up free for his third to West Cork in the Greatwood. West Cork himself is up seven. You know, so at the weights, you know, no ordinary Joe should be favoured to make up that two and a half. And Sam Arrive, you know, was very, very impressive at Sandown last time out. Like you've said, he's up 11. You know, could you say that that's stronger form than the Greatwood or not? give them up they've done so impressively I, f- I just find it messy <laughs> the ones I'd be looking at mate like you I'm, I, I like the idea of going each way in this race Gary Claremont should have beat Captain Morgs last time out I think it's fair to say he is up £5 for getting beat But I can see, I, I think he's a horse going the right way. 12 to 1, I wouldn't particularly put anyone off. Do you know who my main, my main selection is, though, Jim? Go on. Going for the outsider of the entire field, Matt Lemann. Woohoo! 25 to 1, maybe I'm a complete mentalist, because it wouldn't be the first time that I've been half-tempted by Matt Lemann at a big price. He was in the turf top 12 last year. Uh and being done by him. He's racing off 130 now, up £3 for a neck victory at Exeter uh, earlier earlier this season. He obviously caught, caught everyone's eye when he was brought down, travelling very well in the Betfair hurdle that picked Dory won two seasons ago. Prior to that, he beat Protectorate and Song for Someone in a handicap hurdle at Sandown. In fact, the same race that Samurai won this season, uh, Matt the Man beat Protectorate there. Protectorate were only giving him £6, you know. It's not it's not massive difference. And obviously, he was looking he was looking likely to be at least in the frame when he came down in the Betfair hurdle on his next start. Chasing didn't go to plan at all. 
couldn't jump a fence properly. And he won on his first start back over hurdles last season, albeit in a, a race he should have won at Wincanton. And he's only he's still only three pounds higher for that. All right, got battered in the Betfair hurdle last year, but that was a very very good race, and he was just never, never particularly able to get involved. A heavy ground Imperial Cup. He was third in Langerdan, went and backed the form up very very well in the Martin Pipe. Obviously next time out, the runner up Miss Heritage is a fair enough yardstick at a low low one thirties level. I don't think that was dreadful. And the Queen was in fifth. Yeah, Miranda was in fifth. He's a sort of horse who I just don't want to let go off outsider of the field when he is shaped before like he was, you know, capable of winning a race like this. And his strike rate over hurdles is actually pretty good. When he's completed, he's won four of his last six. Exactly. You're making an excellent case here for a 25 to 1 shot in a, in a competitive handicap. And, you know, and there's, there's viable reasons. Yeah, people might say, look, he's won twice on heavy ground, including the win over Protectorate. The bet for Hurley was running on was quick on, and I think he's a speed horse. You know, I, I, I don't, I, he's not the sort of horse I, I want to see over two and a half miles. Bare minimum two miler, I think, Macklemann is. Uh, and given that I have no strong opinion on the first three in the market over that, they all could be ahead of the mark. Uh, 25 to 1, let's have a go. Fair enough. What a show. Come on. We'll have a bit of that, mate. We'll have a bit of that. Watch him trailing last right now. Although the market were right, of course it was. Uh, it's Tommy Whittle Chase Day at Haydock as well, Jimbo. Uh, remastered 100 to 35 to beat Calypso Colonge. Vintage Clouds, Buzz de Turkowing, Sam's Adventure, On Card, Fuji Flight, 16 to 1 bar then. Uh, you'd expect this to be somewhat of a penalty kick for the pipe horse. See, these sort of races, I most of the time get absolutely wrong because I want to take Remastered on. Yes, he was travelling the best uh, in the Labrooks Trophy and probably would have gone close to, to challenging the front two in that race. But every time that we see this sort of happen, I, I feel it, it doesn't work out as how we think it's going to work out. And it's interesting to go on this, because I, I remember you saying this at the time, Rocket Racing haven't entered him in the Welsh National. So, obviously he's got going there next. Pipe and Scudamore love these big staying chases at, at Haydock, near said at Haddock. Um, well, it is a C anyway, so... Um, but I'm probably going to look to take him on. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of bits and pieces in his farm, and, and we talked him up so much in, in the Labrooks Trophy, but he's got to show his wellness and, and again, and, and I'd quite like to see that, and he still had to get the job done last time. Um, 100 to 30 is a fair enough price for me to be willing to have another go. I thought he'd be a lot shorter than that, given the amount of people who, who thought he was an eye-catcher last time. Um but I'm going to look to take him on. You'll probably stick with him, Lewis, because you're a bigger fan of him than me. Yeah, I think he'll win this. I think he'll look like a, a better than a 146 horse in the Ladbrokes Trophy. I thought, really, the Reynolds Town's working out like a very good race this season. 
Uh, I'd be gutted if he wasn't good enough to beat some fairly well-exposed Northern chasers. Yeah, I, I could understand that, but the, the horses of interest for me, I think Sam's adventure comes to boil in December and January. Um, that's when we see him at his best early season. He, he's always taken a few runs to, to get warmed up, and I don't think he ran awfully that bad uh, for a race so early on in the season for him at Newcastle. Um, he was pulled up behind that Snow Leopardess race that we've talked about earlier on. But you saw, you see him winning strong, staying chases such as the Ida um, off off lower marks, and, and he's only um, four pounds, three pounds below uh, above that mark. And I just feel like a, a proper staying chase. It's been absolutely bucketing it down in the northwest uh, in the past 24, 48 hours, and you can see that ground turning to custard at Haydock and. Uh, three mile two will will on heavy ground will need a, a strong stayer like him and I think he's although his form figures aren't as consistent as you'd like I think he's consistent in these style of races um, and I feel at twelve to one I can't let him go off at that bigger price in a in a race where I think he's he's slightly that it's his level really um, and I, I think twelve to one's a fair enough price. Buzz the Turquoise, I thought last time out, did absolutely nothing in front. Um, just idled and idled and idled and, and just scraped home. So the winning distance in the end, um, I, I think he could have won by further. He just didn't do a single bit in front. But um, we've seen him run over fences twice. And he had a good second behind Ashtown Lad, beat Barbados Bucks. Um, Ashtown Lad hasn't, hasn't done an awful lot for the form. But he was absolutely talked by a, a Hoy Senor, but he was a decent rated hurdler. Um, but into into a race against more competitive rivals, I can understand why they're doing this because off a mark of one two nine, you might as well try and exploit it. Um, he jumped very well in the main uh, air and uh, he jumped very well at, at Weatherby as well. Um, whether he's up to this standard of of class yet, I'm unsure. But I I, I think at ten to one he could be slightly underestimated as well with a little bit more progression than a few others of these, such as your Vintage Clouds, um, your Potter's Legends, your Shanty Alleys and AC Milan, who we, who we all have sort of a grasp of. So I, I think they're the two for me to take on Remastered, but it's nothing strong, but I think uh, there's other races on, on the Haydock card that are of interest for me. Go on then, mate, where are you looking? At Haydock, that first race, um, the Conditional Jockeys Handicap, Chitty Balco, won this race last year with Theo Gillard on, uh, off a mark of 135. He's off 129 here. Theo Gillard doesn't claim seven like he did last year. He now claims three. He absolutely dominated that race, put it to bed. He loves Haydock, course and distance winner. Um, he's had wind surgery. He didn't run that badly when given different tactics at Weatherby. Uh, last time he ran in a competitive race at Haydock uh, in a series final. He was six at Weatherby in a competitive race as well. This is a lot less competitive than what he's been running in before. He's down to a, a mark below his last winning mark with a very good three-pound claim. He rode an excellent race on him last year. And at 11.50, we could be having a nice breakfast at 11 to 4 um, because I think he's got an outstanding chance. Fair enough, pal. In the 205 The Virgin Bet Handicap Hurdle, this is a very, very interesting little race. Mackle Duff third, sorry, third at Cheltenham last time out. 
his three to one favourite fairly eye catching that day. But there's a, a couple of proper fascinating types in this. Stella, Stella Magic, a point winner, who went and, and won his first two starts last season for Philip Hobbs, Philip Hobbs, including beating Alaphilippe and Tile Tapper before he went and pulled up clearly a miss at Warwick, makes his handicap debut off one three three. Bossman Fred, who was quite prolific in the early days for Dan Skelton, beats Noel Epides in a handicap at Donny two years ago, then was well below form uh, in the River Don won by Ramsey Zatay, and he, he ran all right enough, I guess, on his chasing debut at Utoxita last season, but they're bringing him back over hurdles off for more than a year, not ran over hurdles for almost two years. He's a really interesting one running off one, uh, one three two, and up for parole is a horse I, I think might be better than one two seven. You know, went well at the back end of last season, winning at Foss last and Weatherby, third in the Persian War. He's d- dropped dropped in the weights after, you know. A, a fairly disappointing debut over fences, but back over hurdles off one two seven. I'd be surprised if there wasn't a bit more, a bit more juicing up for Parole's mark. I thought he shaped quite well in the Persian War. Down four pounds to that fifteen to two. I like him. It's a, yeah. it's a really interesting race there. I agree. Like you said, um, up for, up for Parole, back over hurdles. Fence, fences maybe in time, but at this moment in time, I thought it was a really eye-catching run. Like you said, in the Persian War and. Uh, back over hurdles here in a, in a race that looks competitive, but at 15 to 2 is, is not a bad price. And like you said, with Stella Magic, um, had good form in them races at Taunton that he'd won. Um, and obviously, just something was amiss last time at Warwick. Um, Been off, and he's back here now off a of mark of 133, which you'd have hoped that they'd have dropped him a little bit for, for that run last time, but um, could be a little bit on the, on the sharp side. but I think this race it's a nice starting point for him, and he, I think he's certainly a horse that could go well in some nice races this year. That's all fair, mate. We don't have loads of time left, but just brief touch on the Ascot card on Friday, Jim. Obviously, ah, do you know what I think they should do? Go on. I should say to Sandown, sorry lads, Tolworth not a grade one anymore, and give it to Ascot just for one time only, because there's no way that Tolworth's going to be a better race than the Kennelgate. But also put it this way, if you were to make the Kennelgate a grade one and the Tolworth a grade two, how many Kennelgate winners do you remember? Who won last year's Kennelgate? London of Bolad, did I? There you go. I, I couldn't remember that. The year before. Who who wins this race? I, I remember Tolworth winners a lot more than Kennelgate winners. And yeah, I know I'm just saying one, one year only, Jim, as an extreme One measure. year only? Yeah. No, they should have, no. The VHA should look at this and say, this is going to be better than whatever 130-rated Yak wins at Tolworth in a week's time. <laughs> Make it... You can't just give, it, give and take grade ones, can you? But it's a very competitive race. and um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this race, firstly. Uh, I'm a John Bond believer. I'm on the hype train. I think he'll win. I won't back Fair him. Enough. I won't back him at odds on. Because genuinely, all five of these are good enough to win 99% of Kennel Gates. Yeah. 
Which one out of the other four do you think is overpriced? I think I'd like to move it's overpriced. Yeah, I'd agree. But, you know, you could back all... You could back Nappers Hill each. Nappers Hill's 5-1. Like, the second five's an each-way price. You scummy each bag. Each, scummy each bag. <laughs> each-way scumbag. I haven't been awfully impressed with Nappers Hill so far. And I, I was hoping that there'd be a little bit more after that entry win. Um, but uh, jumping leaves a little bit to be improved upon, and I'm I'm not exactly fully sold on Nappers Hill. Thought LA Bell was very impressive at Newbury last time. Um, of course, had a good bumper form and um, was slightly disappointing in that mare's race at Newbury, but uh, bounced back against the same rivals and would have been interesting to see if Nina the Terrier stayed on her feet where where she'd have finished in comparison. Um, and I like to move it has done absolutely nothing wrong over hurdles so far and I think there could be a little bit more to come from him I mean he's only won little scrappy races but into a competitive race like this be interested to see how he goes um, and Colonel Mustard was, was comfortable in brushing aside not a bad field at, at uh, Galway last time and he has good form behind um, Echoes in the Echoes in Rain so it'll be interesting to see how, how we go like you said a very competitive race but um I aren't just a John Bond believer yet. I'd like to see it again. Uh, and I will always want to pick holes in him because of his price tag. Um, however, I, I, I respect him and, uh, and I hope that he does the business because I think we want a, a, an English hot pot for the Supreme. Agreed, mate. Agreed. And the Noel novice has chased him. You know, I'm a, I put Pick Dory up when he, when he fell clear at Newbury last time when he was outsider of four. That was a bit of a tough one to take. If he jumps round, he makes amends here. I've no doubt he's a superior horse to everything else in this and by some distance. Yeah, Favois won't win because uh, Bridget's not riding. Um, so, I know Harry won on him last time, but that's our little theory. Um, I, I agree. I think Pick Dory should be winning this. Gladiator Allen, I think, will want a trip in time and He's been oddly campaigned, but got made it one from one over fences last time, beating Alexia De Nutt, staying on strongly. Um, I think three miles, three mile novice chases could be for him. Yeah, that's all fair, mate. Is it nap time? Yes, I think so. Oh no, I won't. I'm going to nap. Ronan McNally's all class. Who runs at Navan? <laughs> V Dancer getting the hat trick up this week at Catrick. <laughs> yeah, but I thought, nah, go on, I'll be a, I'll be a bit more serious than that. Uh, crikey, this is a tricky one. Would you like me to go first? No, I'll not free masters. Oh right. I've got a feeling he'll be the Twitter horse at the weekend as well. Right. But I'm gonna nap him. Fair. Next best pencil full of lead. Right. There's some third serious best. deliberation going into this third best. Third best cloth cap. Woo! Took in a biggie. It's you know, massive. Nice. It was a toss up between him and Ronald, but I don't think I, I, I like Ronald Moore as an each as like a bit of a free swinger as an each way bet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I get you. Um, my nap for the weekend will come in that, that Haydock first race, nice and early at 11.50, GT Belco, I, th- I think uh, he'll go to do the race back-to-back. My next best will come at Ascot in the long walk, and it will be Time Hill at 11-4. to four. Uh, And my third best will come... He'll come in that graduation chase. I'm going to put expatriate in there. We're going to take each other on. The Irish will win that race. I hope so, mate. I hope so. Uh, thanks for being here, pal. It's a King George next week. I know, it's mad. Upon us. I know. Christmas is, is next week and everything's happening all at once. And We might even get a guest on for next week, especially for Christmas. Oh, I. Are they going to be wrapped up? It's going to be Santa. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Christ, I hope he knows his Exxon form, lad. <laughs> uh, thanks for being here, Paul. Thanks for, for hosting once again. and um, Nice to have you back. I I did send, I sent Jim uh, a photograph of the fluid I coughed up. It was, I was quite impressed by it. It was quite, it was massive, wasn't it, Jim? It, it wasn't pleasant viewing for, for someone who just finished their tea and wasn't, wasn't exactly great. Oh, I was dead impressed with myself though. It was about it was like a, the size of like a two p. I was I was I dead happy. Uh, anyway, thanks to everyone for listening. We'll leave it on a high note. Uh, <laughs> thanks to rating the races for the support, and we'll see you all again next week. See you soon. Stay safe.